0: Budweiser's Weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wesley, off-balance shot, no good. Atkinson put back. It's good. That's it. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Notre Dame, in double overtime. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Happy St.
1: Patrick's Day, baby.
0: Budweiser's Weekday sports beat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. I'm joined by Lafonso Ellis, of course, McDonald's All-American from his high school days, Notre Dame Ring of Honor member, averaged 15 points and 11 rebounds for the Fighting Irish, fifth overall pick in the 92 NBA draft by the Nuggets, and now, of course, ESPN College Basketball Analyst. Lafonso, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
1: I'm doing really well, Darren. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much. Hey, it's March. It's a great time of the year for college basketball (laughs) fans, and it's been a strange year here in South Bend, Lafonso. I don't think anybody saw this struggle coming from this Fighting Irish basketball team. I'll get to that in a second, but I want to start with just your reaction when you found out that Mike Bray was leaving this Notre Dame program after 23 years.
1: Uh, I was sad uh, to hear the news. I've been so proud of the way that uh, Mike has led our program for the 23 years that he's been there. Uh, Elite 8s, Sweet 16s, and obviously several NCAA tournament appearances. And you talk about a guy that has uh, he's just a classy guy with uh, just a great attitude and he's really good with people. And he's an excellent teacher. I've even said that he's an innovator because as we think about right now with what's going on in NBA uh, teams running uh, offenses that are uh, designed around space and ball and body movement, Mike, Mike Bray, in my mind started all of that in the um, 2008, 2009 uh, where uh, you know, he's always had an emphasis on uh, ball security, not turning it over, proper spacing, making good decisions. He would go five out or he'd go four out, one in. And so, uh, you know, he's so many different things to me, an innovator, a uh, terrific leader a wonderful person, a guy of integrity. Um, I've been really pleased with the way he's manned it, and my first impression was I was very, very sad. But at the same time, I had to flip it on the other side too and say he wouldn't do it if he didn't feel like it was the right time. So I'm, I'm sad but happy for him at the same time.
0: I think Mike has one of the greatest nicknames. He's been called the loosest coach in college basketball. And LaFonza, with your job, I'm sure you get a chance to communicate with a lot of head coaches. I'm sure there aren't many that present themselves the way Mike does. I mean, he just seems like a guy you can meet along the street and pick up a conversation and and chat away for about 15 minutes.
1: Well, there's no question about it. I I, I barely made it in. I wanted to go and honor him in his last game last night. It is some... Slight issues getting out uh, home to South Bend from Hartford through Atlanta. Uh, I only arrived with eight minutes to go in the second half. <laughs> and, of course, what did I find out? Mike wants to go over and celebrate as a linebacker afterwards. <laughs> I guarantee you there are a thousand coaches out there who would never consider going to a, the linebacker right after a key win. And so that that's just emblematic of what you just described. He, he's a he, hes a man's man and a people's person. <laughs> he, he's a man of the people.
0: Yes, he is. LaFonzo Ellis, my guest here on WSBT radio you think back 23 years ago Lafonso, this Notre Dame basketball program was in need of a, a bit of a jolt I know Matt Doherty took over for a year and then left for North Carolina Mike came from Delaware he had Troy Murphy David Graves that's a pretty good place to start but how much do you believe he has changed how attractive this head coaching job position is
1: I think what he's demonstrated is that you could win and win at a high level. You know, with the, I mentioned earlier about his elite aides, his, uh, Sweet 16s and multiple, uh, NCAA tournament, uh, bids. And, uh, it, 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 it's interesting because when people think of University of Notre Dame, they think of football, they think of the high level of academics, both worthy. Uh, but Mike did a great job of, of, uh, putting or keeping our basketball program on the national scene as well. Um, If I remember correctly, at least one uh, Big East uh, title at least one ACC title. So everywhere he's been, he's won. And again, all of that has made me very proud of the way that he's led our program over the last 23 years.
0: LaFonso, I'm curious, just as a former Notre Dame basketball player, is there something that you're looking for, a trader to in the new head coach that eventually gets hired here in South Bend? Yeah.
1: Um, I, I think that person has to really understand what that what that job is. I mean, not just anyone can get in to our program in terms of the academic standards uh, that are required to get in. And the person who understands that, uh, that there's a group of, of unique, talented uh, kids out there across the country, and the pool will be smaller than it would be if you were at in Indiana or Purdue, uh, a couple of our other uh, State schools in, in Indiana, as someone who really understands that. And then secondly, obviously, with the whole NIL push, has to have a uh, decent, because I don't think anyone has a firm grasp on it, because it seems to be changing. <laughs> it seems <laughs> to be changing daily. And uh, But someone who has a firm grasp on that as well, and really understands how to ingratiate himself into the South Bend, Notre Dame community.
0: You know, Lofonzo, Irish fans are asking Thus, in the media, gosh, we're not hearing many names right now who might be the next head coach. Is that because we still have a lot of basketball left in the season and this just isn't the right time for coaches to reach out, possibly to Notre Dame about their interest?
1: I think you're exactly right. But a lot of that's going on behind the scenes with the agents because the agents can't. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think that Jack warbrick and his Group have done a terrific job of keeping it buttoned up and not allowing anything to leak out. I think that's very professional, and I've been very proud of the way that they've handled that. But I think it's both of those things working simultaneously.
0: LaFonzo Ellis is my guest on WSBT Radio. Fonz, how surprised were you with the way this season unfolded here in South Bend?
1: Uh, I didn't think we would take as many losses as we did, but I thought we would struggle, and I thought we would struggle because we didn't have a true replacement for Paul Atkinson. I think people forget just how meaningful he was to both our offense and our defense. Uh, we we, we returned uh, a bunch of shooting guys that can really shoot the basketball. But what we didn't have is a person who you could throw the basketball into. And that guy would be able to go one-on-one inside, one-on-one inside the way Paul Atkinson did last year, because you couldn't leave any of our shooters because we shoot it so well from perimeter. We didn't have that guy this year. And if you go back even to our first loss uh, against Syracuse, and if you look at every center uh, from that first loss to Syracuse on. We've gotten dominated in the middle of the floor, and that wasn't the case last year with Paul Atkinson because teams had to deal with him. Mm.
0: I guess it's fair to say, Lafonso, and you kind of touched on this a moment ago, but Irish fans might have to be patient for a year or two with the new head coach. There's going to be a lot of players leaving the program out of eligibility. Yeah. The hope is J.J. Yeah. Starling's going to stay, but I'm sure he's mm-hmm. going to have... A lot of people interested in him. It's going to be tough to get a lot of, of transfers in. So do we have to really be patient, more than likely, LaFonso, the next couple of years when that new head coach comes in?
1: I think definitely. You know, the transfer portal has created that, right? Now uh, kids who may be uncomfortable uh, with a new coach coming in, They, if they're even remotely uncomfortable, they have an opportunity to go in, into the portal and maybe uh, connect with, some, uh, t- a team with a coach who they were very comfortable with, with initially in the recruiting process but just thought that Notre Dame was the best fit for them at the time. And so certainly you're going to have a lot of attrition there. And uh, you're just going to be young. Even if J.J. Sullivan returns, you will be a sophomore next year. Marcus Burton is coming in. So, so it will be a really young group, and you definitely always have to be patient when you lose uh, that amount of talent, that, uh, that much uh, leadership. Uh, you got to allow time for a new coach to come in to build the program and to establish the culture uh, the way that they would want to with their own unique style and identity. They're, so we're certainly going to have to be patient with the new person that comes in.
0: Let me sneak in a couple of Big Ten questions really fast. You played against the world's greatest players in the NBA. I'm sure you went against your fair share of seven-footers. Zach Eady at Purdue at 7'4", what would you do defensively to try to make him uncomfortable?
1: The only thing you really can do is you start first by trying to get early defensive post position to push him off three or four feet off the block so that when he catches the basketball, he just can't go quickly without a dribble over the top. And then the next thing is you put up a gigantic 25 by 25 Uh, Help sign (laughs) to come and give you some help as quickly as possible. But no, seriously. But to push him off the block initially uh, so that he can't make a quick turn. And then uh, if he does uh, catch it in close, have someone come help right as he releases the basketball in his first dribble. Because if you don't come down and uh, double team him at the right time, you can absolutely forget about it. He's the most dominant offensive player in our game right now.
0: I've noticed a couple of Purdue games lately, Lafonso, where the opposition has tried to attack those two young Purdue guards who are not the tallest mm-hmm. Smith and Lawyer. When we get to tournament mm-hmm. time, do you think that that's a concern? The height of those guards, maybe getting <laughs> put in some tough spots on pick and rolls, that could be a problem for Matt Painter?
1: Yeah, and and I took a lot of heat for that. For About about two months ago, I said that I didn't think that Purdue had a shot at winning the national title. And it wasn't that I didn't think that they were uh, a good team, because they certainly are. It's just that uh, the last four national champions have had perimeter players who were projected uh, to be drafted in the first round of the NBA draft in that current year and obviously Purdue does not have that. I love Fletcher Lawyer. He is as tough as nails, and I would love to play with him. Brayden Smith uh, can shoot it tough, can get in the lane and make plays. He's an excellent passer as well, but as I – just pointed out they don't fit that description so that's why I didn't feel that they had a chance to win the national title and I thought they would struggle with bigger guards and we've seen them struggle with bigger guards but I still think this is a Purdue team that is a sweet 16 at least team Mm -hmm. and of course if they can continue to knock down perimeter shots I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they got to a final four I just don't think they're equipped to win it.
0: I don't think I've ever seen with one game to go in a regular season, a six-way tie for second place like we have in the Big Ten right now. And, and LaFonso, <laughs> Indiana yeah. is one of those teams, and they are going to go into the tournament with two guys who have played really good basketball as of late. Shafino, of course, Trace Jackson Davis, but they just seem to be awfully inconsistent. What is your take on the Hoosiers?
1: Yeah, to, to your point, just, just inconsistent. I think you, I think you will find that anytime you have a young guard, Jalen Shafino is absolutely incredible. I mean, it's six five, six six, sick big body, can shoot the threes, really good in pick and roll situations. Mike Woodson hasn't done this yet, but he can actually post him against a lot of uh, smaller guards and. He's he's just absolutely incredible. But if you look at uh, many, not all, but many of their 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 losses, it's come when uh, Jalen Hurstafino hasn't played well, and they certainly need him to do that, especially with the injury that they've had at the at the uh, off guard position. And uh, so they're they're kind of trending the way that I would think that they would. And of course, Race Thompson, in my mind, hasn't been as consistent this year as a player. Uh, for them as he was last year. And so it's those inconsistencies that catches up with them along the line. But I think Indiana would be fine.
0: Final question for you. I know you're going to be in... North Carolina for that Duke-North Carolina game. College game mm-hmm. day is going to be there. And I couldn't believe what I was hearing last night on ESPN. I know it's a fact, but it's just hard to believe that Duke and Carolina are playing a game in which they're trying to improve their resume to both sustain themselves or get into the NCAA tournament. How strange is it to have that conversation?
1: Well, Duke's in. So whether they win or lose against North Carolina, they're, they're in. It's North Carolina who's really fighting for their lives. And to your point, to even – say that is just so odd and then so so surreal but i think that's what's going to make the game tomorrow uh being played at such a high level because there's so much at stake i mean some of the north, the north carolina team that uh was up 15 in the national championship mm-hmm. game last year returning four of their five starters uh preseason number one in the country, and now they're fighting for their lives to just make it to the NCAA tournament. And so I'd imagine they're going to come out locked in, ready to play tomorrow, Duke has been playing so well. Tyrese Proctor is really comfortable uh, at the point guard position, which has allowed Jeremy Roach to play off the basketball. Derek Lively uh, has really accepted his role as a floor runner, offensive rebounder, and shot blocker. And this is a team that slowly but surely has gotten healthy, and everyone out there on the floor, they have a go-to guy on the interior, seven-footer and Kyle Filipowski, who can also step out on the floor and knock down three and take, take you off the dribble so all those things are coming together at the right time for Duke and, and don't be surprised if they get to a 316. Hmm.
0: LaFonzo, thank you so much for doing this I know it's the busy time of the year for you but I'm I'm grateful for your time and by the way you and Seth are a really good tag team duo you guys work so well together it's always very very entertaining so thank you for what you are doing. greatly appreciate your time today.
1: You're very kind thank you for having me on blessings to you and your family.
0: The great Lafonso Ellis joining me on Budweiser's Weekday sports Speed here on WSBT Radio. And don't forget the Fighting Irish. Wrap up the regular season at Clemson tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7.30 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We'll talk Hoosier hysteria with former Mishawaka head coach Ron Heklinski coming up next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.